You're listening to a message from Every Nation GTA. For more information, please visit our website at everynationgta.org. Good morning. My name is Sheila. Um, don't they always say that the wife is somebody's better half? So I am Bert's better half. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Whoever, thank you. Thank you. Happy New Year, everybody. 2024. Can you believe it? Um, so, Bert and our son Luke, they were in Orlando this week for the Every Nation Campus Conference. So I was actually home alone with the cat for four days. Four very productive days. We got lots done, wrote a sermon, and did some other important things. And But I also had lots of time on my hands because there was nobody to cook and clean up after. And um, me and the cat don't make a lot of mess. Um, so you only have to make half of a bed. And it was just really, I had a productive week. But in my free time, I was watching, I was binging, truth. I won't just say watching. The Great British Baking Show. Yeah? You ever watched it? Well, um, I was not watching anything. In, I mean, I wasn't watching any seasons in order necessarily, and I wasn't even that cognizant of which season I was on. But I got to the end of the one that was in the middle of the pandemic, and uh, they started just thanking all the people who they had all been, um, you know, um, what, what did we call that back in those days? Bubbled together at this hotel and for all the weeks of filming of the British Baking Show during the pandemic. And I don't know, guys, but I started to cry because 2020 had, man, some rough moments. But I was kind of crying watching them give credit to all these people and remembering all the people and you know how we pull together as community and we pull together with neighbors and friends and loved ones and I don't know I was just a little sappy and I was home alone and I started to cry but some of it was just tears of gratitude because in 2020 we didn't know what 2024 would look like there was so much uncertainty I'm just saying all that because I'm really grateful to be here today I'm grateful that once again something that we had taken for granted that we couldn't do like assemble together in one place here we are again looking forward to many more times worshiping together this year that has nothing to do with my message it was just where my head and heart were at this week so happy, I was going to say 1994, but I want to talk to you about 1994 because um, we're going to, we're going to, um, I'm going to set off something for the whole week. I'm going to open something up about this, what's on the screen, set apart a biblical view of holiness because we, as an every nation family, every single year, um, we call people to pray and fast and um, seek the Lord the first, pretty much the first week of the year together, globally, worldwide. But before we get to that, so 1994, I'm going to turn the clock back because in 1994, we as an Every Nation family of churches, we were kind of birthed then. Oh, some of us knew one another for a number of years before that. But in 1994, our three founding leaders, Rice Brooks, Phil Benasso, and Steve Merle met together and they happened to be in Manila 
Manila, so they call it the miracle of Manila. And they realized if they if they would put together everything that they were doing globally, as far as church and mission and campus ministry, that perhaps God would do something with that. So it started with three guys in the living room, but there were more of us. There were a few of us Canadians living in Calgary, and there were some people in Singapore, and there were a handful of people who said, maybe something if we pulled together, maybe God would use us to, to really have a place in touching the world. So that was almost 30 years ago. This year, it's like our 30th birthday as every nation globally. So we came together with that mandate, that thing that was in our heart for church planting, for campus ministry, and for world missions. So every nation, here's what we say. We say we are a global family of churches. We're currently, according to the website, in 82 nations, uh, more than 500 churches globally, and on more than 1,100 university and college campuses. So that's a little bit about who we are as every nation worldwide. Now, we don't necessarily talk a lot about this day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month in our church, um, but we are actually part of this larger family. And our global mission statement is this. We exist to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. Get it? Every nation. Because we feel like that's what God's called us to from the the Jesus' parting words that are recorded at the end of Matthew to go into all the world. So, week to week, month to month, you don't hear a lot about our global family, but once a year, once a year, beginning of January, we call all of you to join with brothers and sisters around the world and take this week and set it apart. We call it the Prayer, Fasting, and Consecration Week. It starts tomorrow, guys, January 8th through the 12th. We set aside this time. So, um, our theme this year is set apart. And as uh, I'm not going to talk a whole lot about that today because I want you to participate this week and uh, then you'll know what the theme of the prayer week is. But today I'm going to talk just for a little bit this morning just about some super practical things about fasting. Because my guess is there's probably people sitting in here who have never fasted in their life except for when you got to go get that blood work and they tell you not to eat from midnight till you go in and give that blood at 8 o'clock in the morning. Or maybe you've had surgery and they say, now nah, you can't eat until this is over. But fasting, not in a medical sense or not to lose some weight. Or Fasting is a spiritual discipline between you and God um, and us corporately. So I'm going to talk a little bit today about fasting. Super practical. I said to Bert driving here this morning, I said, it's kind of like a mom explaining something, right? Like that's because I am. I'm a bit of a mom. So you're going to get a mom message today. So why fast? Fasting is a spiritual tool God uses to advance his kingdom, change the destiny of nations, spark revival, and bring breakthroughs in people's lives. Every nation churches and campus ministries each year begin the year with five days of prayer and fasting to humble ourselves before God, consecrate ourselves to him for the upcoming year, and corporately agree for breakthroughs. That's from our Every Nation 
prayer and fasting guide for 2024. So we're going to just skim through a few mentions of fasting in the Bible. It is there a lot of times. Fasting, individuals fasting, the nation of Israel fasting together. From beginning to end, you will see mentions and stories of believers, believers in God, believers in Jesus, fasting. And we're going to get to the details of that at the end of the story, so you're going to have to pay attention. So the first mention of fasting, the first mention of fasting was actually Moses. And I don't know that anybody told him to do this, but before Moses, or when Moses went up to Mount Sinai, you know who Moses was? He was the guy God entrusted with the Ten Commandments. Still... um, still expressions of the heart of God that we acknowledge today. Don't steal, don't uh, murder, don't commit adultery, don't covet, you know, um, honor God and honor family. So the first mention of fasting, it says this in the book of Exodus. So he was there with the Lord. He, Moses, was there with the Lord. 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water, and he wrote on the tablets the word of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. Uh, Why do we fast? So Moses went up, fasted, and 40 days and 40 nights, guys, no food and no water. I'm not suggesting that. But Moses went up into the presence of God, and the thing that he just knew to do was to maybe deny his own flesh some, deny his physical body, and go before the Lord, and he received the Ten Commandments and the law. We fast to humble ourselves. You know, there are many times um, the nation of Israel, if you read through the history in the Bible, it got, they got themselves into trouble. They went off course. They got misdirected. And then somebody, a prophet or a teacher or some leader would raise up and he would call the nation back together. He'd call them to repent. In other words, to turn from their ways. And often that leader would call the people to pray and fast. There's a few places where it actually says that they even made the, the livestock fast. I don't get that. I don't get why you wouldn't feed the cows. But um, Ezra, then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek him, uh, a sa- uh, to seek from him a safe journey for ourselves, our children and all our goods. So Ezra called the people together, and and it was a time to humble themselves, to admit uh, maybe where they had gone astray or departed from God and his ways. So sometimes we fast because we need that. We need to kind of get redirected and onto the path that God would have us on. On that line, in the prophet Joel, he wrote this, Yet even now, actually, declares the Lord, so it's a prophetic utterance, even now, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. That humility coming before God. Um, Jesus fasted. If you've read the Gospels, you'll know that Jesus went out into the wilderness, was actually tempted 40 days and 40 nights, and he did not eat. Matthew records it like this, and Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after forty, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. 
Isn't that wonderful? What is the worst thing about fasting? I get hungry. And the humanity of our Savior was 40 days and 40 nights fasting. He was hungry. But he did it too. He fasted. He also assumed that you and I would fast. There's a scripture in Matthew where Jesus is um, talking. He's, he's comparing, as he often did, the religious people with how he wanted us to live. And he didn't say, you know, there's some things where Jesus, where Jesus' life meant some way that we did things, that the nation did things before, the nation of Israel. We didn't have to do anymore. I'm pretty glad we don't have to sacrifice animals. That's always the big one my head goes to. But there's lots of things where Jesus didn't say it's over. And fasting is actually one of them. Jesus said to his followers, he said, and when you fast, not if you fast or well, you only have to fast till I rise from the dead. He said, when you fast. And then he said, don't look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. In other words, it's not something that we do to gain attention. It's between you and me. No, well, you and me and God, us and God, right? Um, truly, I say to you, they have received the reward. In other words, if you fast for attention, attention's what you get, and that's the end of it. Um, the disciples of John, so John the Baptist, who came before Jesus to prepare the way for him, his disciples fasted. And uh, so Jesus' disciples come to him and they say to him, then the disciples of John came to him, Jesus, saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus said to them, can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come, get this, the days will come when the bridegroom is gone. He's talking about himself. He said, when I'm gone, when I'm taken away from you, when I'm taken away, my disciples will fast. Then they will fast. So Jesus assumed us, his followers, would fast. Things happen when we fast. If you want to just read an interesting prophetic thing on fasting, read the chapter, read chapter 58 in Isaiah. It, it says a lot of things about what God did when the nation fast and fasted and, and how he changed lives and he changed the nation and there's social justice and, and there's lots of interesting things in, I don't know, about 10 verses in Isaiah 58. I just pulled out one. Is this not the fast I chose to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? You know, there's a freedom that God has for us, and that actually God has for our community and for the world. And maybe part of that will be seen in my life, in your life, and in our world as we seek the Lord with prayer and fasting. He said, uh, isn't this is the kind of fast I chose? God's saying prophetically through Isaiah to loose the bonds of wickedness, undo those straps and those yokes. Um, so, Isaiah, things happen when we fast. I don't know what, I can't put any guarantees out there to you, but I know things happen when we fast. Um, this is a fun one for me, it's for everybody. So, one of my favorite only a little bit mentioned characters in the Bible is a woman named Anna. In fact, we only hear about her one time. She was really old. She was 84. I'm old. She was really old. She was 84. Her husband had died years before. And she went every day to the temple. And here's what um, Luke says, tells us about Anna. 
then as a, uh, as a widow until she was 84, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer day and night. 84 years old and still seeking the Lord with prayer and with fasting. You know what happened right after that? The baby Jesus was brought into the temple and she saw the Savior. She had been there fasting diligently, day in, day out, year in, year out. And man, something like un, unimaginable happened in her life. She saw Jesus. Well, um, yeah, one more. Like the early church. So the early church was trying to figure out what to do in mission. Not necessarily what to do, you know, should I wear the green shoes or the blue shoes? Do I need a coat today? No, direction for the church advancing in the known world at that time. And, you know, like the early church, maybe sometimes we do need to fast for direction in my life as an individual, but we can also fast for the direction of the church locally and globally. So, um, the, the leaders and some of the early church members, they were gathered together, and here's what it says in Acts 13. While they were worshiping and fasting, so they had gathered together seeking the direction of the Lord, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, he spoke to them clearly, he said, set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them to. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands and sent them off. You know, God wants to direct us. Sometimes we're maybe too busy to take those moments or to take that time corporately or to take that time in your own personal life to actually seek and say who and what and how and where. And the Holy Spirit, I think, wants to speak to us um, every year. Well, before I get to that, there are many more examples of the nation of Israel, of individuals, uh, Within that, the nation of Israel seeking God with through prayer and fasting. There's so many of them. So we're going to end with the, the examples I gave you. Throughout church history, if you Google and have a little look and a little read, great men and women throughout history knew that the spiritual discipline of fasting needed to be the part of a Christian's life. Um, Bert and I have off and on, we've been married a long time now, 38 years, and off and on we've taken long seasons where we will, as a married couple, we will set apart a day of the week, and maybe for a few months, maybe even up to a year, we'll pray and fast together one day of the week. Um, a couple years ago, Bert and Rich and I, I think we took Thursdays for quite a while, and the three of us just said, well, okay, just the three of us, we're going to pray and fast for one another, for Every Nation GTA, for the direction for, for you, for you who were sitting here at that time, and for you who are here now, maybe because um, God came through and honored some of those prayers. What happens? Well, if you don't set aside time to pray when you fast, I know for certain what happens. You just get hungry and cranky. What's that word? Hangry, that's the word. Thank you. Thank you for the audience support there. Um, but and on the other hand, I know it's not a secret formula. I know, uh, gosh, it's not like rubbing the, the, the genie's thing that he lives in to get some something answered. But I do know that something happens 
when we take that time, when we set aside what our physical body so wants and yearns for and needs, and we say, I'm going to set those that apart and, and uh, cause myself a little discomfort and take that time and pray and seek the Lord. Um, for me, every year... I start about January 1st, but during our prayer, of, our week of prayer fasting, prayer and fasting, um, I ask the Lord to speak like just one particular thing to me. And sometimes it's been a scripture verse. It's sometimes, you know, that, that'll just stick out to me. Maybe it's in my daily reading, or maybe it's in something that we read in our uh, global family as we go through prayer fasting, the prayer and fasting guide. Um, Sometimes it's a song. I'll wake up in the morning and I'll, I'll have a, a song in, in just in my mind when you wake up. Ever happened to you? Maybe not. I know it happens to me and to Bert, so I'm sure there's others of you that wake up with a song in your head. And sometimes I, one year I thought, oh, I think that's the song. It was a, a line about God lifting our burdens, and I was pretty burdened at that point in my life. And I thought, I think that's my, whatever year it was, 2017 or something, that's my song. That's my word from the Lord. Um, one time, we were one of, in one of our online prayer meetings, uh, because on Wednesday night, I'll give you a little heads up, Wednesday night, there is a link on the website, and you can pray Wednesday night at 9 o'clock with our Every Nation Canada family, and it's really fun. Uh, but it might have been an ENGTA prayer meeting, because I don't remember exactly, but Malik had a little word for me. I don't know if he remembers this. Malik's our camera guy. Um, but he said something, and it was really simple, and I wrote it down. I had it on a post-it note on my wall, but he said something about, I don't exactly, I don't remember, but it was something that I was to count my blessings. And I just thought, oh, that is such a good reminder. And uh, I took it to heart, and I stuck it up on my wall. So sometimes it might be a scripture or a song or something. Somebody speaks to you or prays over you as you pray together with others this week. But I believe that God wants to speak to us. I know Jesus said that his sheep hear his voice, and I desperately need to hear God, not just I need to hear something specifically for me to keep me going in life and to give me some hope and some vision. And my the word I had in the beginning of 2020, which now looking back, Everywhere I turned, I heard, um, I, I felt like I read or saw uh, a verse from Isaiah. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I'll make a roadway in the wilderness, and I'll make uh, troubled places or something places into plain. It, it doesn't matter, all of it. But it was like a new thing I would not have imagined that the new thing would be we would live through a global pandemic. But oh, how we grew as human beings, didn't we? I hope you did. I sure did. My faith, my trust in God. So I believe that God wants to minister, to speak. Jesus wants to speak to his sheep. It's one of the reasons that I really want you to participate this year in this week of prayer, fasting, and consecration. I've got a few super practical things that I'm going to close with. But before that, one of the great things about the material that's available to you this week, one of them is, oh, it didn't get water on it. At the back, we've got these booklets. booklets. Thank you. The word slipped. Booklets, devotional guides. They are free. We have lots of them. Take one, and it has some um, 
things to pray about, some stuff you can pray for for every nation globally, some things, some direction you can pray in your own life, and uh, but also some readings and things. Gets you going through the week, a, a devotional guide. This is available to you. But also, what we have available are videos. So every day of the week, including today, so if you haven't listened to today's, you're already behind. Including today, there's a video available online. You can you can find the links on our website. And it's somebody from the Every Nation Pastor giving us about a five-minute encouragement. So I am one of them. I've listened to them. Uh, I cheated. I went ahead. Um, so one of them is... Uh, one of our pastors from New York City, Ailsa Lewis, her and her husband Nathan are pastors at the church there. And this is the devotional for tomorrow. And I just really wanted you to hear it, to kind of whet your appetite to what is there for you this week. So meet and listen to and enjoy Ailsa for about five minutes. <laughs> Hello and welcome to day one of 2024 Prayer, Fasting and Consecration Week. Let's take a moment to let it sink in that as you fast this week, as you set apart your week to get a little hungry and to spend more time with God, you are united with people all around the world. From the Philippines to Scotland, from Ghana to the United States, we are together as we spend time with God. Let's have a look at today's verse to see how Peter calls a bunch of believers and tells them about their relationship with God. Turn with me to 1 Peter 2 verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, you might notice that Peter declares four identity statements over these believers, that they are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. You may also notice that these are all collectives. Peter is saying that part of our relationship with God is expressed in our togetherness. Now, depending on what culture you come from, this can either be a delight or a struggle. If you live somewhere like me in New York City, we find this a little bit more difficult to think of our relationship with God as being expressed together. But this is more than a call to go to church on a Sunday morning or a small group. This is about us being together like the story of the people of Israel found through all out the Bible. This is about us being part of God's long redemptive story. But it's not any old kind of community that we're being called to. It is a very specific kind of community. I had the privilege in 2023 of attending my first residential intensive with Every Nation Seminary. And one of the best things was eating together as a global cohort. In that, we would usually have a conversation about the different flavors of the food from our nation. From Scotland, a lot of our food is beige and a little bit greasy. Sorry, Scotland. A lady from the Philippines would tell us that their food was generally from the scale of sour to sweet. 
or another person from Sri Lanka would tell us how spicy their food is. And if you've ever traveled to a different nation, you know this, that we usually experience nations by how their food it tastes and is different from our own. Each nation has a unique flavor and taste. And God's people are similar. We are a flavor and taste that represents God and houses part of his presence. Peter calls it chosen, royal, holy, and God's. But people should encounter us as a specific flavor and a specific kind of holiness. But we would be wrong to think that we are just supposed to huddle off as a set-apart community in a corner with nothing to do. God has a purpose for us as a holy community. Today's verse says this, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are a community with a specific kind of flavor so that people would know the goodness of God. We are called into this community to share the good news of this God who called us out of darkness into a marvelous light. Our holy community should help us and drive us on mission. Before I pray for this week, I want to leave you with a reflection question. This week, what would it look like if you were to proclaim the goodness of God with your community of believers? Let me pray for us. God, we thank you that you have declared that we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation. Lord, would you strengthen us to walk that out, to be who you have said we are. And Lord, would you help us and give us opportunities to proclaim your goodness this week. Be with us as we set this week apart to spend time with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, Bert just reminded me of something. So for those of you who have been around a while, day six, day six of the videos, I think it's day six, is our beloved Justin Chuandi. So those of you, he used to be our worship leader here many years ago, and he is loved. So yeah, a little spoiler alert. Um, okay, so here we go. I invite you to join with our global family this year, to unite, to pray, to fast, uh, to set aside time, to pray with others, to link up with some of our prayer meetings that we have this week, which is going to get into some of the details of that, but the guides are in the foyer. There's lots of stuff available online. If you're a family with kids, there's actually an online, there's a guide online to walk with your family through this week. Um, there's an app. You know, there's an app for that. Well, every nation has an app. And whatever your provider thing is, Apple, Google, you can get the app and the videos and everything are in there. Um, version. do you have a version on your phone? If you put version, if you put every nation set apart, um, you can find the study guide and, hey, it reads it for you. You don't even have to read yourself. 
there's a Spotify playlist with some great Every Nation music on it. And go to our events page. To go, if you go on our website, everynationgta.org, on events, you can find links for lots of fun stuff. Um, D.L. Moody said this, uh, if you say, I will fast when God lays it on my heart, he never will. You are too cold and indifferent to take the yoke upon you. Um, I'm calling, I'm asking, join us this week for a little bit of time or for the whole week to pray and fast. If you've never fasted, let this be the year you start. Now, there are some of us who are like hardcore fasters, or maybe we were at one point in our time where we would take these five days and really only have water. And if you've never fasted before, for thinking of doing five days of only drinking water, not a good, idea. good luck with that. Yeah, it's not a good idea. Um, so maybe what you need to do is find a day this week where you're going to fast, or maybe two, maybe Tuesday, Thursday. Um, maybe a better rhythm for you would be just to do juice and broth all week long. Uh, maybe it would be to fast breakfast and lunch, but maybe eat dinner. Um, I, what I'm trying to tell you is you don't have to go, it, it's not all or nothing, but I think you can make a plan Think ahead. Don't decide when you wake up in the morning. Well, I was going to fast today, but I'm hungry. So, um, no, don't decide ahead of time. Decide before the day's out what the pattern of your week's going to look like. And uh, I will say we've got a new mama's club. If you're pregnant, don't fast. Uh, if you have medical conditions where there's medication you're on, you should never fast without a doctor's uh, approval to do so. So don't do that. If you've ever struggled with an eating disorder, I would probably probably say fasting, a full fast is not a good idea. Maybe there's something where you need to at least take in, um, you know, some nutrition during the week um, and join and pray. And there are going to be opportunities for us to pray together this week. Pick one, pick two, pick five and uh, come and pray with us. My final quote, I think Andrew Murray was a South African. Was he not? Okay, Andrew Murray lived in the 1800s, and here's what he said. Prayer needs fasting for its full growth. Prayer is the one hand with which we grasp the invisible. Fasting is the other hand, the one which we let go of the visible. Grasp the invisible with prayer. Let go of the visible with fasting. Let's pray. Father, help us this week. Meet us, join us. Encourage our hearts. Speak to us as we join together with our global family to set aside this time to seek you for our lives as individuals, for this church, every nation, greater Toronto area, and what you want to do in this province, in this country, and for what you've been doing in this world, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Every Nation GTA. Thanks for joining us. For more information, visit our website at everynationgta.org.